Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday afternoon, October 4th, 2021. This is it. Joining me as always, Tristan Happy Cockroft. I think he won like 29 leagues. It might have been only 28. We'll find out soon. Kyle Sapi still expertly guards our galaxy, producing and researching ours and myriad other shows with the heart of a champion. And I'm Eric Carabell. If you need someone to finish second in your league, I'm your man. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Tristan, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing quite all right. <laughs> That's no, you can't say not another second. Come on. There's nothing uh, wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with being second best in a wildcard game going to the road to Fenway Park. Oh, God. <laughs> we could have had a great Monday of baseball. We and then the Yankees and the Red Sox were selfish and blew it for everybody. Yeah. And now we have no baseball today. And I'm just How watching dare football. Aaron George and Raphael Devers. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? They probably weren't thinking is the point. Um, we'll get they weren't the, thinking he, what we were thinking. We're going to put it that way. But I don't know. The madness of a four-team tiebreaker would have been pretty awesome. That would have been awesome. Plus, I mean, I wanted the Mariners and the, the Jays, I think, have won the World Series, frankly. Uh, but they didn't even make the playoffs. And Seattle, I wanted them to make the playoffs, not because of our good friend Davey. That's part of it. But I wanted the Phillies to have the longest, the longest streak of missing the playoffs in baseball and now it's still Seattle. It's a long time. I mean, these college students that have never seen the Mariners in the playoffs, you know, or like Doogie Hauser college students that have never seen the Phillies in the playoffs. Anyway, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but we'll make it up along the way. Some lessons learned, some early rankings for 2022, that Phillies Mariners World Series preview, individual leaders and all that stuff. <laughs> yep. Right? Oh, I mean, boy. Yeah. So I will get to whether you're feeling good about your Yankees uh, later in the show. Yankees, Red Sox, one game playoff. But uh, the fantasy football, fantasy baseball, look what I said there. Fantasy baseball season is over. And uh, thank you to everybody who's reaching out on Twitter and and saying thanks to us. We we did very little. We're, we're like 1% of you guys winning your championships. You guys did all the work. It's not like a football league. It's six months. Uh, it's It's a, you know. It's a, a long grind winning a fantasy baseball league. I mean, there's some of my leagues where, you know, a guy just had the best team or a gal right out of the draft and it was over. Like my NL Labor League, Derek Carty, congrats to you. And Ian Khan in the AL. But like most of my leagues were down to the wire. I was actually in my, my biggest uh, marbles league. I was checking out starting at three o'clock, the live standings. I had a shot to win. Um, I ended up finishing third, but um because two other teams that were better and deeper just got more points. But, I mean, to go all the way to third place, I mean, I, that was a pretty good run for me. You tweeted out. Um, I don't know if it's rude, but it's you won all three of your home leagues, and somebody replied to your tweet, why would anybody play in a home league with you? I, that's a good question, as he smiles. <laughs> Can you answer that question? Why would anybody play in a home league with you? They're, they're friends of mine who, for the most part, date back to college or are friends of friends or <laughs> or in a couple cases, people who just wanted to get in and beat me in these leagues. And I'm tired the, of giving you their raisins? I mean, no, I'm just see, wondering. Well, I mean, I did tweet out that that, that the commission told me is a good friend of mine just <laughs> said nobody's ever taken all three of the leagues. So it's it's a lucky scenario. I've had some bad years that, that sprinkle into these. I could go into the whole heartbreak things. You saw the labor and the towel wars finishes. They were just embarrassing. The keeper league I told you about. Remember the guy who cut Mike Trout to refresh his salary in that? He won the league. He ended up rallying and he won the league. I thought he was going to have blown it by saving all his fab just to do that. And I finished just outside the jelly beans 
category. Two and a half points back from there, and I finished uh, 12 points out of first. <sighs> yep. So the best part is I get the worst draft pick of somebody who earned nothing, and I think I hold the league record for that. I think it, it's not a lot of years. I guess either three or four of them, but I'm, I'm like Mr. Fourth Place right out there. <laughs> I hate to be rude, but I think you kind of deserve it <laughs> in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the stories to get there are the fun thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know what? It's not even, I'm not even going to remember where I finished in this league. It's like the stories along the way. Like, I kind yeah. of cut Trout and still wins. But I mean, Trout ended up with 36 he cut, games. He cut Trout. He hoarded his fab for the specific purpose of refreshing his Keeper League contract. He at one point blew a lead and was in a pretty tough spot, and he wins anyway amazing uh trey turner won our player raider and by quite a bit and what a finish to his season all the power makes me think that maybe i should have made him number one on uh, my rankings which i did last week but now the season's over i think i want to update those uh turner won bill bichette two starlin Marte third well he's gonna end up in like round three or four max scherzer if you want to make max scherzer the number one starting pitcher off the board next year i don't think i would argue that actually and he vlad would- the top pick of the first NFBC league, from my understanding, I did see somebody I saw know that. that. Mm-hmm. But that's a little bit uh, the number one pick, Scherzer. Uh, it's it's defensible. As a matter of fact, I I don't know who I'd put one today. I'm going to have to think about that and decide by the end of the day. But I think there's six to eight uh, players. You, you who have about ten minutes points. to decide who your number one is, sir. I did mine last week, and we. I have a pretty know. good idea who I want it to be, and I might change my mind after we're done recording. We'll see. But I have an idea who it's going to be. Um, the great Otani and his amazing season finished number eight, uh, on our player Raider, um, a closer to Liam Hendricks finished 10 Cedric Mullins only 30, 30 was 11. Um, the durable fellows Whit Merrifield and Marcus Semyon were 13 and 14. They're the only, they're not the only guys I think who played all 162, but they may have been, but they played all 162 in 2019, which is amazing. Yeah. They were the only guys, um, who did play all 162 this year. Vlad was 161. Salvador Perez played in 161 games, a catcher. That's that's incredible. Not a catch- no, he didn't play that many a catcher. He played no, but he played hit. that many. He so was the fantasy- second. Yeah, and he was number two in terms of games played in Major League Baseball at catcher, and he had the most starts at catcher of anybody in Major League Baseball. So yeah, Amazing. A- an incredible year. And by the way, he led in a lot of ca- he led in expected home runs. He was tied for that home run crown. He leads an RBI. I mean, there there's no disputing what Salvador Perez did was historic and phenomenal. In points leagues among hitters, Otani's number one, but that includes his pitching. Vlad is is there, number one. Then Juan Soto, Jose Ramirez, Semyon, and Matt Olson, all great seasons. Among pitchers, uh, number one was, I think, Bueller. Uh, well, Otani. Yes, Bueller was. Bueller edged out Scherzer because he had a lot more innings. He had like 30 more innings. Yep. And then Wheeler and Robbie Ray and the only 20-game winner in baseball, Julio Urias. So for points leagues. I mean, you can go a lot of different directions with your points leagues rankings. I'm sure AJ Mass will have points leagues rank point leagues rankings up soon, and then Tristan will have his full rankings, and then maybe I'll do more than 25. I'm a little feeling a little bit lazy right now, so I'm not sure I want to do more than 25. 25 is not easy, so I, I, I you're, it's all good, man. It's well, give all me your number one. Give me your number one at least. I mean, I, I, I had Juan Soto. There's a picture of it on the baseball page. I could have gone Trey Turner. I thought about it over the weekend. I could go either direction. In a roto. With all the stolen bases, maybe it should be Turner. And at points, I still think it should be Soto. But you're not going pitcher number one. You're not going Otani number one. So I think you're going to go Turner number one. I'm going to go Juan Soto number one. Really? Yes. And it is simple as this. I think it's going to be imperative next year 
that you get the greatest return on investment than your first round pick. And I think there is more variability in absolutely every other player who will be in the first round than there is for Juan Soto. That he did what he did for a team that performed as it did down the stretch is extraordinary. And I, I think it it does lock him in in that number one spot. Now, it's a lot easier to make the case in a points-based league, but I think even in Roto, I would rather go into next year with him today than take my chances on what if Trey Turner doesn't hit for that power? What if he just doesn't get the green light quite as often? What if Fernando Tatis has the surgery? What if Acuna doesn't come back quite as well? What if starting pitching isn't quite as reliable? There are too many questions. Are there questions for you with Soto? But there's no questions for me on Soto. It's whether maybe he has more stolen bases caught than successful. But I, I see what you're saying. What's the concern on Vlad, though? I have no concern on Vlad. I understand fair, you with Turner, Turner and Bichette, maybe power and injury. Um, obviously Acuna and Tatis injury, Otani doing both things. But when it comes to Vlad and Jose Ramirez, they have no questions for me, just like Soto does. So do you have any questions? there? That's that's fair. Yeah. And, and I'm saying, you know, the, the blanket statement on the rest of the first round Ramirez and Guerrero would very likely come up with the, the next fewest questions. I actually do think there's a compelling case to be made for Jose Ramirez. Number one, the reason that I wouldn't do it is I am concerned about the direction in which the Cleveland franchise is going. And I'm not so sure his skill set plays as cleanly as Soto's does on a weaker supporting cast team. Soto just did so much to me that that convinced me. And by the way, you know, at his age and the fact that he has the discipline that he does makes me a little bit more confident there. But if you want to go with Ramirez and his stolen bases, I could buy that. Guerrero, I don't know. Why didn't I take, why don't I put Guerrero number one? I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. That's a good question. I, 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 I don't have a good answer for it either. And I'm thinking now, if I'm worried about Turner and Bichette hitting 25 home runs, that Vlad should be my, my number two player. Soto one and Vlad two. I might, I might, might change to, to that. Yeah. We, we, we may have another show in a month. We're going to try to do some off season stuff here on fantasy focus baseball. And I may say, yeah, Soto and Vlad one, two, because everything that Vlad did, all all his numbers this season, they're all legit. He could win a batting title. He could win a home run title. He's not going to steal, steal a lot of bases, but neither is Soto. Um, Soto in points leagues because of the walks, but amazing season. And then, you know, pitching, uh, like we said, if you want to go Scherzer, I, 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 Cole, Bueller, they're all in that top tier. See, the, the, then the reason why I wouldn't for Scherzer, while you could make the case, is I'm not so certain he should be the locked-in number one starting pitcher. I don't know if the volume is quite there for him. And this question was the same entering 2021, but it's going to get ever so slightly louder each year we go deeper into his career. So I think it is competitive for the number one spot. And for that reason, I don't think I'd go starting pitcher. Well, you know it's never competitive on Fantasy Focus Baseball. We have one singer on this show. He does all the singing, and he does a great job of it. So we're going to have his final songs of the season. It's combo meal time. Sing it, baby. <laughs> hey, it's a combo meal. Combo. Combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. And we're all dancing. <laughs> players were making moves this season. We're making moves brought to you by LinkedIn. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. The 2021 leaderboard for combo meals. Shohei Otani and Fernando Tetis Jr. Each Shocking. got five. Uh, there was eight players who had four combo meals. Jose Ramirez, Marcus Salmon, Javier Baez, Paul Goldschmidt, Adolis Garcia. Wouldn't have given yeah. that one. Jazz Chisholm, Bo Bichette. 
And Dylan Moore probably wouldn't have guessed Dylan Moore either. Seattle wasn't even playing regularly down the stretch. I really want to see Seattle to make the playoffs or at least make Monday fun. Um, Otani, we got to deal with it again. Give me, give me an early projection on him pitching and hitting. I, I'm curious because I, I think durability is the only concern. And I, I don't think we should have that concern anymore. Maybe you will, but um, give me your projections for you know the counting numbers. Yeah, Otani's oh. a tough read. I mean, if we, I'm, I'm looking at a player rater rise. If we weighted his pitching numbers, he would have blown away the rest of the player rater. So frankly, he was the number one by leaps and bounds in either one. And we mentioned on the show that he gives you an additional advantage in the ESPN leagues because unlike the weeklies where you have to pick whether you're going into battle with him as a starter for that one start, and he almost always made one start, or the hitting stats. You could use him every day. He wasn't pitching as a hitter and maximize his value. I would say he regresses a little bit just because it's difficult to repeat the kind of numbers he did, getting to 45 homers, 25 homers, 100 runs. But I think he could get to 40 home runs. I still think he could steal as many as 20 bases. It's not much regression, and he answered the major question, which was the durability. I don't think we have any right to say that he can't hold up for at least the vast majority of next year. I'd be more worried that the pitching regresses, that he can't quite repeat that volume. But you know what? Frankly, don't you think he could get to 160? If all went great, he could. Couldn't he get to 160 innings? I think he could. Um, I don't think they want him to. Well, I mean, of course, they want him pitching, but they got to do something about their pitching in the offseason. The amazing number to me, I think, is 155 games. Shohei Otani played in 155 games a season. I mean, obviously, the 46 homers, the RBI, the 26 steals, the pitching numbers. Yep. He was fifth in OPS plus, and he played in 155 games. That's amazing. We never would have projected that. Never. And that significantly answers that question, which I think is the most important takeaway from his 2021 season. As far as evaluating him for next year, you can easily make the case that Shohei Otani is the slam dunk number one overall pick. I said the... the reason I would hesitate is the variability. There is some there, but he also could blow away the field again. OPS plus leaders, uh, NL MVP, and he better win. Bryce Harper, Soto was second, Vlad third, Tatis fourth, Otani fifth, and then some some surprises. Matt Olson of Oakland had a monster season. Look at the yeah. RBI, the home runs, uh, the walks. He was sixth. Tyler O'Neill ended up seventh in OPS plus ahead of Judge. Kyle Tucker, who made my top 25. I'm wondering if maybe Tyler O'Neill should have. Because Tyler O'Neill stole 15 bases. He stole one more base than Kyle Tucker did. And he hit more home runs. Kyle Tucker, I mean, Tyler O'Neill really should be in my top 25 if Kyle Tucker is. And Brian, the great Brian Reynolds, uh, in, poor guy, playing in yeah, Pittsburgh. Playing in Pittsburgh. Um, he is next in the OPS Plus, then Trey Turner and Goldschmidt. And your boy Brandon Lau hit three homers in a game you were at this weekend, which is <laughs> And none incredible. of them would have gone out in Tampa, I don't think. They were they were close ones. By the way, to your O'Neill note, to sing his praises further, he was very clearly the playoffs, the head-to-head playoffs MVP. Yeah. He was yeah. easily the number one player overall in the final four weeks of the season, and it was by about a 30% margin over Trey Turner. Pretty extraordinary year, and his skills do play very much to the final stats. I'd say batting average is the greatest risk regression category. I think if if I'm going to rank Kyle Tucker in round three, then Tyler O'Neill has to be right there as well. You're, and people are going to say, do you believe in the steals? That's But the sprint speed numbers back it up. Yeah, I think he's fast enough to steal double-digit bases. That's all we're asking for. Um, the 20, 2019 to 2021 leaderboard in combo meals. Christian Yelich, number one. What do you do with him next year with 12? Starling Marte and Fernando Tatis each had 10. Jose Ramirez, nine. And then Acuna, Otani, and our friend Adalberto Mondesi each had eight. Mondesi finishes with like a 270 on base in 35 games. 
He played 35 games and Trout played 36. Unbelievable. I don't know what we projected. One was a little better than the other, we can say, in the games he did give you. Trout was a monster <laughs> when he played. I mean, Trout, Trout's yeah. skills are not declining. He's an unbelievable player. He's a 1,000 OPS guy with 40 home run power and maybe eight steals. But durability, I mean, I don't even know how to project. 120 games? Can we project 120? How many games will you project next year for, like, Trout, for um, Tatis, for Monacy? I think that's a fair question because that that defines their value. If we say minus he plays in 120 games, he can steal 40 bases. Yeah. And once you get to the point with these particular examples, it's difficult to place a number because dropping below the 120 threshold is effectively saying it's a major injury that are almost impossible to project. But I feel like it's a 120 for Trout. I feel like it's a 110 for Mondesi. I'm that pessimistic about his ability to stay on the field. And by the way, with Mondesi, we've said it a million times on the show he just doesn't bring that that base of skills that you can trust week over week. The low on base percentage leads him to these terrible slumps. He provided you stolen bases in September when he came back, but he didn't do a lot else. You just couldn't count on him day after day. And that makes it tough for me. I, I don't know how I'm going to rank. Uh, first of all, I can't rank him in the top 100, but I don't know how I'm going to rank him. I don't know how I'm going to rank him. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Montessi will end up going in the top 100 of drafts. I think he has to because of the stolen base upside. Um, but the risk in, the, in this game, in this era, I could see it, but I don't want to do it. But like, if we're going to rank, you're going to have Trout in your top 20. I had him 25. Um, and I did that to signify something. But um, if we're going to rank Trout in round three, I mean, how is Montessi not in the top 100? They played almost the same number. They're games, not so. anywhere near each other talent wise. They're not. But in a Roto League, the stolen bases. Are a big deal. Starling Marte finishes the number three option on our player rater because of the stolen bases. And honestly, can do the that. Weights. It, that's the weights. And if you adjust down for the weights, uh, Marte was a top, he was in the teens in terms of hitters. If I put a cap on what steals could do, because remember, if you get the guy who leads in stolen bases, you get another player and you run away with your stolen base title by 40 steals, that's wasted value. So to me, I do have a penalty on things when there's so little of a resource. You don't want to get too overzealous with your rankings and draft heavy there. I uh, I won steals and tap by a million. I couldn't trade them. Nobody wanted them. You know, I had Edmund, I had Marte. Um, your home run leaderboard for the season, Vlad, 48, Sal Perez, 48. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Otani, 46, Semyon, uh, then Tatis, who did it in 130, so, t- 130 games for Tatis. I think that's what I would project for him next year, uh, which is fine. Um, Tatis is going to be a tough read based on what the injury reports are heading into. the. And I'd say this will come up with the first few weeks. Maybe even today we'll hear some whispers about it. Usually you hear about p- players going for surgery almost immediately after the season closes. So keep your ears open for it. Sal Perez was the RBI champ. When was the last time a catcher was the RBI champ? Uh, he beats out Jose Abreu, Teoscar Hernandez, then Devers. Adam Duvall is your NL RBI champ for two teams. Adam Duvall. He had 67 runs scored. That's it. He batted 228, but he knocked in 113 runs. He had the same power as Devers, 38 and 113. Yeah, we even dra- we have to draft Duvall next year. Let's assume he's a starting outfielder. I mean, round 12, 15. I mean, I understand batting average is a killer, but he had 38 home runs. Yeah, when you when you throw when you throw 15, that sounds in in the neighborhood. I'd I'd have to see where the other names fall around him, but that sounds about right. If he is an everyday player, you need to you know project him coming within range of what he did. Very weird to see the National League. Yeah, as you said, the RBI leader and probable Cy Young, two team players. Uh, Starling, who's your Cy Young in the NL? I think Scherzer. I'm saying I think Scherzer. Oh, Scherzer. 
I think he will over Wheeler. Or we'll get to pitching in a I'd minute. I'd give it Burns, but that's me. Starling Marte is your stolen base champ with 47 and only 120 games. Witt, despite being 32. Marte and Witt are both 32. And I remember people telling me before the season, they're not going to steal more than 25 bases. They're 32 years old. Nobody, Yeah, they did. They stole 40 each. Um, Turner had 32 out of 37. Uh, Mullins was a 30-30 guy. Tommy Edmond, who really wasn't a good player, didn't get on base a lot, no power, but he stole 30 bases. He helped you win. He had 91 runs, same as Mullins. Uh, Miles Straw, no power, but 30, 30 stolen bases. Ramirez, Otani, Bichette, Tatis, Jazz Chisholm. A lot of people are going to project stardom for him. 18 homers and 23 steals. It's a low batting average, low walk rate. Those are the issues there. And then um, Yuli Gurriel won the AL batting title um, at age 37. That, again, must might be some kind of record there. Did nothing else. Not a lot of power. Yeah. Uh, Trey Turner won the NL batting title. Soto was third. A lot. <laughs> Trey Turner dominated the player Raider batting average weight. <laughs> Let's move on to the pitchers now and just, uh, I mean, Max Scherzer, your number one pitcher for the season on the player writer, which is amazing to me. And then uh, in points leagues, uh, Bueller just edged him out. And obviously one of those guys is older, a lot older than the other. So I think it's fair to take Bueller next year over Scherzer and then Garrett Cole. Is that your top tier? Does Wheeler belong? Does Robbie Ray belong? I don't think Wheeler belongs, but I think he's close. Uh, I would, again, go back to the Corbin Burns comment. I do think Corbin Burns belongs in this conversation, but I think it is that. Bueller and Scherzer and Cole, and I can't put DeGrom there yet. Too many questions. It's probably that four-man tier for me. Four pitchers made it to 200 innings. I think before the season I said flippantly nobody would make it. I didn't really believe that. But four pitchers, I was pretty close. I mean, like, that's not a lot. And they really need to change the rule on qualifying for the ERA title. So in 2019, 59 pitchers had 100, I think it's 165 innings to qualify. And this year there were only 37. There were like only like 10 pitchers in the American League that even qualified for the ERA title. Change the rule. It's an inning per team game played. So, you know, the Braves and the Rockies played the 161. There were 60 in 2019 and there were 39 this year. By the way, with the 200 innings, you said, even more so than the RA crown, that is the lowest in the history of baseball, regardless of the length of season. Well, I mean, even Robbie Ray only had 193 and a third, and he was fifth. Mm-hmm. He had 32 starts. But it, I strikeouts. Mean, so so I, I took a look through things based on that. And also, we can get into the closer discussion later. The way that pitching broke down from a workload perspective, all of this set all-time records in terms of the way that pitching was moved into a specialized uh, into a, a specialized strategic scenario and whether that sticks is going to be paramount to your draft strategy in 2022 well it's not going in back in the other direction that's for sure but <laughs> so it, it, it might in the other direction just based on the workload worry coming off a of covid year or do you think that this is a permanent direction where we stay at this low level because i'm wondering whether it's a rebound to the tw- between 2018 and 2019 or if this is it if this no. is it, that's huge. We're never going back, but I do think there could be like 10 guys get to 200 innings, but I yeah. don't think we're going back to the old style ever. I agree. I, mean, I agree. But I think there's no right Wilbur Wood types lefties that don't throw hard anymore. I mean, everybody has to throw hard. So, I mean, how many guys got the 200 strikeouts? It was 17 guys made it to 200 yep. strikeouts. Um, I think it comes down to is the six man rotation here to stay or was that a co- post COVID? I think that Range. was a post. That was something we're not going to see. Because I, I, half the teams don't even have five guys or six guys. The Phillies didn't have six guys, five guys all season. 
You know, I mean, Ranger I, Suarez. I fear that if see. my World Series pick is correct, you are wrong, and it is here to stay. What, you think Tampa Bay? Because I picked Rays over Brewers. And if the Rays and Brewers show that this is a successful scenario, they are heavily into the mix and match. They are, but the Rays don't have any bad pitchers on their staff. So that's one reason why they were able to win 100 games. Um, they don't have an ace or anything like that. The Brewers have three aces, and then you'd say, I mean, do, are they really going to start Adrian Hauser in a playoff game? Maybe. You know, he might be their setup man now that Devin Williams is out. Adrian I have Hauser, Giants over Brewers, but yes. Adrian Hauser had the second most valuable pitch of anybody in baseball this year using right. StatCast grades. He had the second most valuable pitch, uh, the sinker, I believe it was. Second most valuable in run value. Glad I have him on my sim team. Um, ERA plus champion, um, Corbin Burns, who I think almost set a record in FIP, right? DeGrom, I think, had the record or Bob Gibson's year or whatever. But what's amazing to me is if you look at the FIP leaders, okay, Burns at a 1.63. Zach Wheeler was second at 2.59. That's how great Corbin Burns was. He allowed mm-hmm. seven home runs in 28 starts. That's incomprehensible. Seven That's why runs. if it was me, I, he would have my vote for Cy Young. Even with but it's also volume. unsustainable to give up only seven home runs in 167 innings, wouldn't you it, say? It's unsustainable, and part of that is because of the ballpark. And one of the reasons I celebrate how great that season was and how great his talent was is that he's doing it in Miller Park, which is one of the worst ball- ballparks in all of baseball for power. It's a terrible place for a pitcher. Okay, anything else here we need to do? Let's do the closers, and you need to sing another song, sir. <laughs> it's the closer carousel uh the save leaderboard got awfully close in fact liam hendricks got passed because the white Sox didn't give him any save chances in september mark melanson ends up with 39 hendricks 38 kenley jansen 38 will smith uh the fresh prince of atlanta was a mess but he still had 37 saves uh and you know what his season whip was fine his fit was not fine uh 11 home runs but three of the top six closers allowed 11 home runs Liam Hendricks, Will Smith, Razor Iglesias on the player radar. I have to assume it was Kyle, it was Hendricks, but let me just make sure. Um, yeah, it was. Hendricks over Hader. Hader and Iglesias had the same player radar, which is weird. Jansen and then Melanson. Emmanuel Clause, number six closer. Uh, Presley was top 10. Edwin Diaz, who nobody wants, was top 10. Craig Kimbrell was number 10. Um I don't know if Kimball's closing next season. He could come back to the White Sox. I hadn't thought about that, but he is under he's not under contract, but I think they have an option on him. I think there was an option, yeah. But why would he he wants to close? So why would, you know Was it a know. well, I don't remember if it's a player, mutual, or team. I'd have to look up the, the I mean he could get one. another three year contract. Somebody will overpay him. So by the way, Liam Hendricks. Him. Liam Hendricks is the second pitcher in history to have fewer than ten walks and more than 110 Ks, joining Andrew Miller, twenty sixteen. I mean, he he really had a great year despite the home runs. I'm looking at that and thinking, how do you get to the numbers that Liam Hendricks did, giving up the home runs he did? And we talked about that on the show. It's pretty I, amazing. He had eight wins and seven walks. I, I can't imagine that's been done too many times. And 11 home runs allowed. That combination, a 0.732 whip. So yeah. he was number one in whip among relief pitchers. Um, just an amazing season. And if you go down the list here on save guys, Clause had only 24, but the way Karinchak struggled after baseball enforced its rules, you know, Clause should be a 30, a 30 save guy next year. Um, Jordan Romano, 23 saves. I think he's a 30 save guy. Really great finish. And they, and they asked him to get more than three outs a lot. And he did it. Um, anyone else here? That's uh, Scott, maybe the Barlows, the unrelated Barlows. Joe of Texas had 11, but he's a closer. 
And I think he sticks in the role. And Scott in Kansas City had 16 saves with a great ERA, great strikeout rate. Um, how many relievers even made it to 100, 100 strikeouts? Paul Sewell ended up getting there. Hendricks yeah. got there. Hader and Iglesias. So more than I thought. Kimbrell had 100 as well. Um, Do you think we should react to this year and the splitting up of saves? It's the first time since 1982 in a full year that we had nobody get to 40 saves and only nine closers got 30. And that's the fewest since 1988. So I it is there was turnover. There was turnover here. So I don't think we should. That happens react. every year. Yeah. But I mean, do you think there's a changing of the guard? I mean, Tampa, nobody else is doing what Tampa Bay does. Seattle is. I think I th- Seattle's personnel dictated that to some degree. I think but like, I, I Seattle's still Tampa's like, personnel will. Like Ryan Presley ended up with only 26 saves for a really good team. Yeah. I, I, that's just bad luck, right? There was no other closer there. He wasn't hurt. Right. And we could pick each individual an ex- example, but I'm just saying on the whole, when 30 teams are putting up this, so kind, how of do num- you change? this kind of numbers. What, let's get to some lessons learned here. Let's start with closers. Do you, Hader and Hendricks will be the first closers off the board. I did my closer rankings last week. I couldn't find 10 I really liked. Are you going to draft differently, whether it's an auction or a draft next season, than you did say this year? Did you probably learn- probably not dramatically differently, but I am going to take much more seriously the security of a closer's role. That I I I think the drafters are going to come to the table with this perception that you can easily fill it off the waiver wire. And I am not so sure that is true anymore. It doesn't mean I'm going to aggressively pay for the Josh haters and Liam Hendricks at the price of a fourth round draft pick. But I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago that I suspect in the auctions and the salary cap formats that I'm going to get a bargain on the proven guys. I found it to be the case this year. If that's the way it stays going into 2022, I think I'm going to get even better values in players like that. Josh Hader was a very fair price. He was a key part of my winning that that points-based league is that people would not pay the premium for the top closer. They they stole the 20. It was a bad move. Yeah, I think I might be more willing to make sure that in a standard ESPN, I get one closer I can really count on, then one who's a little bit iffy, and then the rest of my saves, uh, you know, waiver wire type stuff, you know, yep. Tyler Rogers, hands of Robles type stuff like that. But yeah, I may want to invest. And I, I think I'm going to like Ryan Presley, he won't be a top five closer, but he'll be in the six to 10 range. He, he and Clause and Romano, I could see my, myself, you know, getting those guys and saying, okay, I'm sure of that. I'm sure of 30 saves there, which you're not ever sure. And then, you know, and then middle rounds, you know, take a bar low. Uh, or maybe Detroit's closer or Trevino if he's closing again or something like that. I could see that that scenario happening. I, th- so. I think there are going to be a lot of drafts where you find that the value at closer, it's not a specific name, type, or talent. It's going to fall in your lap. You're going to know when you're sitting there that this guy's out there. It's time to take him. Take the opportunity. There are people who don't do that. You need to. Let's bring in our friend Kyle now. He's got some trivia and some hash browns as we wind it down for the final regular season show. What you got, Kyle? You know I got you covered. Trivia today, there were six players with over 200 or 210 RBI plus runs this season. The top three were all Blue Jays. I want you to name the three that were not. We'll get back to that after Hash Browns. Brian, first one. I know you guys mentioned it briefly, but he wants to hear your top three pitchers next season that could be this year's version of Robbie Ray. Nobody. Probably the right answer, but not what he's looking for. It's definitely the right answer. You can't you can't comp a story like Robbie Ray's too easily, but I, I get where he's getting at here. <laughs> he 
You I guys think... brought up Lance McCullers last time around. Yeah, he ended up leading the major leagues in walks this season, Lance McCullers. But his whip was 1.22, so, so he didn't give up a lot of hits. So he's a little bit – but Robbie Ray's whip was not 1.22 in recent seasons. It was 1.5. So you got to find somebody – like Blake Snell could go back to that. I mean, he could be an answer there. But I, but then I think what Robbie Ray did is just incomprehensible. I can't even imagine he and Darvish just stopped walking people. It's unbelievable. What people have to understand why he got to this though. This is a guy who went into the offseason changing his fitness routine. I mean, he came into this year stronger, tougher, and then he worked with the pitching coaches in order to improve his control, get strike one. That was key to him. The big jump was the first pitch strike rate. How often are you going to see that where a guy goes into lifting weights during the offseason and then also changing his approach on the mound? It's it's unusual. I mean, McCullers also was number one in walks per nine innings. Dylan Cease is already pretty good. Not the best whip. He should get a little bit better. Luis Castillo did get his ERA under four. Uh, I'm trying to find a guy who just had a lot of walks, but I mean, Framber, two, two Framber could be an ace if he just walks a little less people, I suppose. I, I don't know. Framber, I, I can't see anybody doing this. Framber doesn't miss bats like that. The two guys who come to mind, one stuff doesn't say it is Christian Javier. Christian Javier had a near five walk per nine. And he should be in the rotation. He should be able to handle 160, 170 innings. If he comes into the offseason committed to that and the Astros give him a spot, there could be something there. The other is Tristan McKenzie. Tristan McKenzie, definitely a a swing and miss stuff. He's he's, he's a string bean, but yeah, he's got swing and miss stuff. He could be a two, I don't know about 200 strikeouts because we're always going to worry about durability with him. But that's that's a good one because if he can just control the walks. I mean, I'm trying to find guys who walked a lot and didn't qualify for the ERA title. So let me just go over there with Fangraphs and do that because that's where – but, like, again, what Robbie Ray did, I don't think it's ever been done before. I really don't. And the right answer here isn't a name. It's that when we hear the stories about something specific a player did to change his approach to the game, we need to take it more seriously. They need to go on your list of guys you're tracking what they do during spring training. That was where you wound up with Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray was an Ian Con pick in labor. And there's a reason for that, that he, he saw that story at the time and was willing to pay the extra dollar. I saw the something we got to listen to more. I was, I was willing to move up Vlad when I saw he was in shape. And you mm-hmm. could tell right away Vlad was in shape. I couldn't yep. tell that Robbie Ray was, but you're right. You know, it's that Brett Boone line. I came to camp in better shape, and then I hit 40 home runs. And Robbie happened. Ray, my tracking game was the week after labor. The week after. Oh. I mean, Caleb Smith fits the description. Big walker, but mm. he's, he misses a lot of bats. Mm-hmm. He, if he could ever have a 30-start season and just walk a few less guys, he could be a 200-strikeout guy. Snell, obviously. Christian Javier, you're right about. Um uh, no, I don't see McKenzie. I, 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 you know, Will Crow with the Pirates, but man, he just gave up so much stuff. Yeah. So I, I can't. Bubik, Bubich of the Royals. Not a swing and miss guy, though. That's no. I don't see it either. Ian Anderson, by the way, that's a potential ace. <laughs> I like. <laughs> he Ian just Anderson. cuts down on the walks. Yeah. Zach Gallon. Don't forget about him next year. All right, yep. let's uh, keep going. Yeah, I mean, if only one of us had a track record of liking a guy with a walks problem that could strike out people when he found the zone. I mean, that was just, I'm not oh, saying, no. saying Jordan's got the next question. Which gray has the greatest upside going into next season? Sonny, John, or Josiah? Well, it's very important that John Gray might not be on the Rockies next season. He's got stuff. Sonny Gray, that was a disappointing season for him. I had him in a bunch of leagues and I did not like what I ended up seeing. And I mean, part of it was, 
you knew you weren't getting 30 starts from the guy, but I mean, didn't you think Sonny Gray, like how many games? I remember looking at him. He had like two wins. Let me see what he ended up at. Sonny yeah, he Gray, ended up with seven, seven wins. Sonny Gray's issue is it, it drives me up the wall for this. When he is right, healthy, focused, all's good. He can go on a massive hot streak, but when one little thing is off, it, it unravels quickly. It's a good K rate. I think, I think you have to rank Sonny first. Did you like what you saw out of Josiah of Washington? I mean, it's a lot of home runs. I mean, it's all the runs he gave up were on home runs. He should be able to control that, but I want to see where John Gray lands, you know? So, you know, put him on a good team out of Denver. John Gray's upside, Tristan, is like 175 strikeouts at least. It's lower than Josiah's. Well, I'm struggling with the word upside here. You got to define that. Like, are we talking about a reasonable upside, reasonable upside for Josiah and John Gray? What is it? Well, but again, like, what is, what does that mean? Does that mean you're comparing the three, the ceilings of the three to one another directly? Or are you talking about the distance for the ceiling above where he's going to be drafted? Because if it's the distance, Josiah, Josiah, and Josiah for the first, second, and three picks here for me. You would take I, Josiah over Sonny Gray. If Sonny Gray ends up with a 350 year rate, if it is the inch. distance, if it is the distance for the Same ceiling value. above where yeah. we're taking him, it is Josiah Gray. And I don't think this is competitive, but I see that if the question is about we're aiming only for the ceiling in a draft context, then I'm with you. I want to see where John Gray ends up, but it's probably smart, safest to go Sonny. John that's Snow. that's a tough one. John Snow leaving the wall. Okay. Next. <laughs> Ross wants you to keep two out of these four, but I'm thinking Kyle Tucker is probably pretty far and away number one. Kelnick, Walsh, India, and Tucker. Keep two of them. Yeah, Kyle Tucker made my top 25 over Trout, so he's number one. It's not Cole Tucker here? No. Who, who hit for power? What a, what a great defensive play he had the other day. Oh, I know. Oh. You know, the rest of this is actually kind of tough. I, yes, I don't it know. Is. I mean, we know what Jared Walsh is. That's a 30-100 guy, but he's not going to get better. Um, India is already really good, but I'm not sure he gets any better than what he is, although he's really good now. Kelnick is the potential MVP, like someday. I still think Jared Kelnick is going to be a superstar, but you probably don't. You probably think 260, 270, 25 home runs. You're going to take India second, aren't you? For Kelnick? Yeah, what do you think? Oh, I love Kelnick. Oh, you do love Kelnick. I love Kelnick. If this question is a keep forever, and and without this context, it's almost impossible to answer this. If it's a keep forever, it's close enough. It's Kelnick. It's Kelnick for me. But the next five years, I still think it's it's Kelnick. Kelnick. If it's five years, it's Kelnick. If it's next year, I think you can draft Walsh. You know, and there's there's guys like Walsh to draft. I think India is not going to hit for more power, steal more bases. He's a good player, but Kelnick is a potential 35 home run guy. I think India might be this for the next eight to 10 years though. And that's probably worth more for next year alone than either of the other two. It's competitive though. India is going to get drafted over Kalnick next year. Oh yeah. That's why I'm saying if it's, I need to know what what the, like I've, I, if I've, I mean, I've got leagues where you could keep the guy forever. If you can get in on the Jared Kalnick train now, you've got to be on board. But Short term for three years. I still think I take Kalnick over India. Three years. Yeah, because like I, I, I understand you're saying eight, eight to ten would. years. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, to think about that. But three mm-hmm. years, I, I generally view my keeper leagues that way. Two to three years. Who do I want? That's how I look at it in keeper leagues, and I still think I want Kelnick over India. 
by the way, there's another factor here, and that is if you have Tucker, who I feel that confident about, I'm more comfortable taking the chance that it goes wrong for me, that Kelnick winds up third, but it's close, and I take Kelnick. I think that drives this decision. Doesn't it for you, too? I think that makes sense. I think Kelnick's still going to be great, and I don't think that anything I saw this year dissuades me. You know, maybe a little bit, but it's, this is still a, a superstar in the making. Do not let him go past your top 100 in the draft. So I'm going to rank him ninth or 10th round, probably at the latest. I know that may seem odd, but he's going to be ranked ahead of Walsh. Walsh is what he is. It's fine. Yeah. You could draft guys like Walsh and Josh Bell and Adam Duvall. Walsh is a good player, but that is what he is. That's what, what he, he delivered is. is. Yeah. It's fine. It's good, but yeah. it's, no, it's not great. Okay. Next. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. West Virginia fan wants to know if Brian Reynolds is Michael Brantley minus the steals moving forward. What a really good player he is. Yeah, he's a really good player. Why did we all miss on him? Because in, in, in last year's two months, he's season, a pirate. Ah, he's a pirate. What it is? Yeah, he he had a great rookie season and he had a great third season. But in the two month season last year, he batted one eighty nine, and everybody gave up on him. And I wish I hadn't, because I I kind of thought he was going to be two seventy five, twenty home runs. He had 302 with 24 home runs. But look at that walk rate. Not a base dealer. You know, do they have the they only have two hitters you can count on. Reynolds and even Cabrian Hayes. I don't even know if you can count on him. But, you know, what is what do the Nationals have? Like Soto's an, a, a fantastic generational player. But does Reynolds have any less around him in the lineup than Soto does? I don't think so. Well, Fair? yeah, that 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 that's no, it's not, but I I see your point that the Nationals had a pretty weak supporting cast down the stretch. The Pirates were bad from an epic standpoint, though. The question is, what is next year's lineup? I, I don't have any doubt that Washington's will be. Are a you going to project up. Reynolds to hit 300 with 25 home runs next year? I think I think I can. Not the homers, but I like the batting average. I like the Brantley comp going for a hint of power with the contact and batting average ability. The problem I have with this comp is that he's not. He's not Brantley's equal in terms of speed. There's a definite difference, but he is not a quick guy. No, he's not going to steal 15 bases ever, but uh, I I could see Brian Reynolds winning a batting title and hitting 25 home runs. So I think he's a good investment. I don't think I'll rank him as a top 10 outfielder, but he won't be far off from that. He'll be in my top 100. He should be. He has to be. And so you asked because of the lineups. I'm not sure that in this case, the supporting cast matters and that people don't give him respect because of the team he's on. And because there isn't a lot there, he's going to be in a premium lineup spot where it fuels counting numbers. I think there is actually an advantage to that to knowing this player is locked in at two or three in that lineup just because he comes up that often. I agree. All right. Last question here. David wants you to pick a landing spot for Marquez and ranking him accordingly. So put him in a uniform and then rank him. Nice job, Rockies. I just want to say, like, you've done a really good job with your franchise. Um, I mean, Marquez and John Gray, they can leave, right? No, Marquez they, is still are, signed for a while. So he has a couple more years. He's but, got a great contract, too. So they may not trade him away. But they if I remember... To. They, they've got to. They, like, you can't. You're not contending next year. But you, you know what? I, 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 I'm looking up his numbers. He had a much better ERA at, the, at home. 103 innings, 3.67 ERA. His road numbers were disastrous. 538 ERA with a high whip. Now, we can't, can't expect that every year. But based on what Marquez is, 
Is he among your top 30 starting pitchers? It's a high ERA overall, but a lot of strikeouts. A little strikeout burning. I, I have to know where he is. By the way, he, he stays he, there. He's I, I, See, the, the home road is completely irrelevant because every other year before that, he was substantially better on the road than he was at Coors Field. This was just an unusual year for some strange reason. I mean, like they should trade him if they're awesome. rebuilding. They should. But it's like John Gray. I, I need to know where it is. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm on the baseball reference page. It's not pulling up his 2021s with that. But yeah, every that's why I was wondering why they were so far apart. But he was a road dynamo for the four years heading into this compared to home. Um, where do we put him? Like everybody's going to easily say Dodgers and Yankees because that's at where every trade thing goes. I have a sleeper for where he goes. Eight. Detroit. Okay. Either one of those would be a lot better than where he is now. It's time for Detroit. Detroit's got to make their push this offseason. Okay. If he's in Detroit, where is he ranked? 35. What did you say, 35? Yeah. I like that, both answering at the same time. Why would it be only 35 for you? We we know he's a strikeout guy. We know he's better in road games. I, I can't believe you have him that low. I, I have him 25. What, do you, what, am, I, what am I missing? I, I fear this is not an immediate transition to him out of Coors Field, that there's something about going back down to the lower elevations. The stuff also didn't grade as well for me over this or last year as it did two years ago. And you know, I'm a very big fan of this guy, so I follow him closely. I I felt like he wasn't quite his normal self. Some of this was good luck. Then maybe I'm more closer to 35. When I actually sit down and do my pitcher rankings, you know, I'm going to surprise myself on some of these guys. You know, where's Jack Flaherty go? I mean, like there's so many yeah. pitchers. I just don't know what to do with Flaherty's going to be one of them. Is he durable? I don't know. I don't think so. Aaron Nola. Nice season, Aaron. You cost us a playoff spot. Like there's so many pitchers that I just don't know where to put them. And if we're going to overrate what Marquez did this season, then we have to do with some of these other guys as well. These disappointments. All right. All right. Time for the last trivia question of the year. Can you name the top three players in runs plus RBI that did not play for the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays had one, two, and three. In That's this. incredible in itself. And they, they really still is. could three not. Three of them. Playoffs. Jeez. Vlad, Bo, and Simeon. One, two, three in that order. Wow. Uh, and Teoscar couldn't have been far. He was 10th. Um, so, Tristan, he was against me, so you get the first pick here. You get the first five picks here. <laughs> I have a guess. One of them, I'm almost certain that one of them is the guy who had the crushing blow to me as a Yankee fan yesterday, and that was Raphael Devers with the big homer. Yeah. Devers is fifth. Correct. 214, or technically tied for fourth. 214 is correct. I mean, my guess is my favorite Mariner. I mean, he played like 160 games. Hanniger. He missed it by two. Ah! Heartbreak Hotel. He was and you're smiling. Look how much he's smiling. Well, I knew you were going to guess Hanniger the second I pulled this list. I actually think you'll guess the guy after Hanniger too. But uh, yeah, Hanniger went over 100 or 100 plus of both. 210, you're looking for 212 and 214 for the two remaining. I mean, and that's Hanniger is an example of a guy who didn't even play last year, had multiple injuries, and then he played 160 games, 159 games. Good for him. Good for Mitch oh, Hanniger. Yeah, man. All right, you're the next pick. I'll do my left field guess. Because he's my guy, and we debated him was Matt Olson. Matt Olson is correct. Tristan's yes! two two here. He's two twelve. He's sixth place. He's on the you RBI guys... list here. Like you've got you've got a sheet of RBI guys. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Hundred and eleven RBI. Hundred and one runs scored helps too. So, well, it's obviously Third not Bryce top. Harper. Third it top. is not Bryce Harper. You can't. If he misses out on the on the MVP. 
because he didn't have enough RBI. That's ridiculous. Come agree. on, voters. Um, I mean, Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is correct. Yeah. Eric yep. salvages it and gets one. Nice. Yes. I was going to guess 14. Soto next. Soto and Freeman had to be pretty close. Soto didn't have the runs. Soto was 11th. Really? 111 runs for Soto. So he didn't have the RBI. Freeman um, was 13. So he was right there, too. Let's do our World Series picks before that all starts. Um, you already said you've got Rays over Brewers. I've got Rays over Giants. Um, so we have a, a baseball postseason pool coming up. Yep. Uh, you probably win it every year on our staff. So... Uh, <laughs> Are you the guy who in a pool drafts for it? Some people listening might be, you know, about that. Kyle, don't go where we need your picks as well. Um, in a pool, are you drafting like all Rays and Brewers because you have them in the World Series? Or are you drafting the best players? Aaron Judge, who may, may only play one game. I usually draft who I think is going to win. The problem I have with this is picking the Rays to win the World Series. I can't trust any of their, their pitchers individually give me the points that i need it's not the way the scoring system works so i'm not sure which direction i'm going to go that i pick the brewers i am going to go heavy on their starting pitching you need to draft around starting pitching and on the hitting side i like to go with the guys i think go deep you want volume totals kyle who you have in the world series i read the brewers like you guys over the white Sox. i think the white Sox get rolling that pitching staff's pretty good the bats see that i think the white Sox are out fast wow you think they lose this round I think they're well. It's not a surprise. They're playing Houston, <laughs> so right. Yeah, no. I'll, the I'll Astros are really that. good too. I'm, I'm. If you're not Astros first, you're last year. I'm not saying they can't. It's just like if you pick the Dodgers, nobody's gonna blink. If you pick I don't the Dodgers, go wrong on any pick for the World Series right now. I can see a pathway to even the wild card teams. Oh yeah, can't you? I don't see a pathway for the Cardinals, much as I would love to make the case. The Cardinals like, winning added- here. Adam getting Wainwright pitches four round. times a week <laughs> yeah, and then retires. It closes out game seven of the World Series that he starts. He leaves and comes back. We make new rules. That's I, did, uh, I did pick the Dodgers to beat the Cardinals. I'd like to see a Dodgers-Giants. I mean, I didn't pick that. I think I had yeah. the Brewers getting there. But, um, man, I'd like to see the Giants kind of finish this off because what a regular season, yeah. amazing season. And Jack Gabe Kapler, what a great job he did. He's, he's obviously the manager of the year. But I want to see like the Giants keep going, or else people are going to say it's a fluke, and I don't want to see that. I mean, the Astros White Sox series should be great. Whoever wins the AL Wild Card game, I mean, against the Rays, that's going to be fantastic. I, I want to see the Rays vol- validate their regular season and get back to the World Series. I think they can do it. I have the Rays winning it all. Who do you think is winning this American League Wild Card game? I think that has a huge say in the AL's outcome. I did not pick the Yankees, but to win the Wild Card game, I did not. Yankees winning. Cole pitches a hundred and he throws 120 pitches and gives up five runs. No, he's giving up runs. He's not giving up five. I I don't think people realize how good score five. Nate Evaldi doesn't give up any walks or he won't be in the game long enough. And the bullpen's not good. Neither team has, has trust after the starter. Who gets the save in this game? (laughs) Not Nick Pavetta. (laughs) Who gets the save? Uh, Hansel Robles gets the save. There is no save. Uh, no. Oh, so the Yankees win like twelve to nothing. Or Cole no. goes the distance. I I think it. No, actually, there probably is. You know what? It, maybe it's a tenth inning thing, and it's after the Yankees. Oh, I hate closer. that. Yeah, they don't do that in the playoffs. I oh, guess the, the, the runner on second road. base. Do they? No, they don't. It's it's being played the regular way, but uh, the regular the good the good yeah. way. The um, thing, the reason I ask you that question is I I think 
the Yankees are in a really poor position to take Tampa in the next series, but I think Boston is positioned in a way that could very well topple Tampa. So that's why I think the AL hinges a lot on this wild card game. All right, I well, think it's going to get swept by, the, I, by Tampa. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not really rooting per se. I just want to see good baseball. And I think you guys agree, although you're a Yankee fan, you want to see them win, but you know, Phillies, nice job. Anyway, we have lots of thank yous on our final regular season show. Obviously the Tristan, you're the best. You win all your leagues. You're the best singer. Good pal as well. Thank you so much. Another year down the drain. And hopefully we have another 10 years to go. How many years have we been doing this? 10 years time. I've okay. lost track of time <laughs> over the last two years, but yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. What year is it? 2012. Um, yeah. So Kyle, so unappreciated. You do a great job. And it turns out this, this whole season, we were Ironmen ourselves, like Semyon and Whit Merrifield. We all, for six, for really for seven months, the three of us each missed only two shows over seven months. Yeah. Take that, football. We did a great job of not missing shows. <laughs> did we DH for those two? <laughs> I didn't DH at all. We were catchers. We were starting pitchers. We were everything. But Kyle, yeah. you're the best, so I'm appreciated. Um, to the suits, Pete Genesini and the podcast radio department. I don't even know who's in the department, but they let us have a show. Um, the guests, uh, we didn't have many, we were Iron Men, but the great Stefania Bell joined us. Um, yep. AJ Mass, great guy, great friend, great editor now. He was on the show. Dave Schoenfield, our pal, sorry about the Mariners, Todd Zola. Um, Daniel Dot played guitar and produced a couple shows. Yes. And did a great job with that as well. I mean, I know his baseball well, but he's a good guy and it's a great beard. Tristan, any thank yous that you'd like to have? I, I'll, I'll throw my same thank yous. You covered uh, our good group of guests for this, but I have to give each of the two of you a huge thanks, Eric, especially for driving this bus, <laughs> driving this mad, mad ride to the end. I mean, has it really been 10 years? It's been an awesome know. 10 years of so. We've got, to, we've got to do our lunch now and celebrate the end of baseball season and chat some 2020, uh, 2022 goings ahead. And yeah, I mean, I've got to echo Kyle. You deserve a thousand thank yous. Like I said, you're our Shohei Otani. You play every role and you miss two shows. I can't, I really can't imagine that, especially with you doing the fantasy football focus, uh, fantasy focus football. Man, I can't even get the title right uh, on the side as well. So thank you. And Very our nice. listeners, you know, to the people who download and listen to our show every week, I mean, I don't mm. know how you do it as well. I mean, you know, 50 minute shows, we, we we did the best we could. We tried to be informative and entertaining. We had singing. We gave good advice. We gave some bad advice, but we did the best we could. And we're seeing on Twitter now all the people thanking us. And again, we, we thank you for listening to our show. Without Which you guys. Those, to, to throw in on one of those, I yeah. think it's extraordinary. We actually have some people who've listened to the show who didn't play this year. They just wanted to listen to the show. So a million thank yous to them as well. That I mean, you know, we do this for you. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, Luke Martin and and all these other people who listen to the show, even though they don't play. That's hard to believe. Thank you so much. <laughs> I didn't uh, scare him away with the singing. <laughs> no, I think it's the best part of the show. Anyway, <laughs> thanks to everybody. It's been a great season. We'll try to get back after the World Series and do another show and check in with all the movement in Major League Baseball and the free agency and, you know, hopefully the CBA and all that other stuff. Anyway, for the last time this season, for Kyle, for Tristan, I am Eric. Have an awesome playoffs.